Hello and welcome to Vikings Territory Breakdown Podcast with myself, Joe Oberly, senior writer at vikingsterritory.com and purpleptsd.com with my cohort uh, in crime, Mark Craig. He's the NFL insider and Vikings writer from the Star Tribune and startribune.com. And uh, we're here to chat up another podcast during the, the down days of... Uh, the off season, but it's, it's, it's getting exciting. You know, the Vikings were in for are in for OTAs and so there's always stuff coming out, but there's always something to talk about. But uh, I guess, Mark, I start off by asking, I Brian Flores talked last week, last week, or maybe earlier this week. I can't tell, you know, how the weekend, I don't know. But uh, beef law, as they called him, had to say, what did you think of uh, his uh, presser and, and hearing, hearing from him last week? recently yeah i mean I, I like the guy i think he's he comes with a lot of respect you know he doesn't have the uh, i won't give him the tomlin like you know mike tomlin boy but as soon as he started talking as, as a coordinator as a guy who is more than a position coach you just were like wow this guy's a head coach um now obviously um flores has been a head coach um mm-hmm. but i just feel like the way he speaks the way he's um you know, he's closer in age to the players. He, they can relate to him in, in several ways more to him. I think the guys last year, um, of course, there's going to be a lot of new faces that are going to be on the team, but uh, I think they wanted to play a little more aggressive. And what I get out of Brian Flores is that, um, you know, there's a respect level there. He he, uh, he can command a room. Um, his, his mentality, it's been proven that he's a – his quote, you know, which describes him to a T is, uh, he was talking about the players. He said, they understand my nature of wanting to be aggressive, but not reckless. Mm-hmm. You know, you can be aggressive all you want and give up 80 yard touchdowns. And um, I feel like they, you know, they trust the guy. They like him. He's also the guy that uh, let's be, you know, be honest that uh, he stood up to the NFL when the, you know, he, when he had a belief, he was willing to risk his career, risk his future at 42 years of age or, you know, his early forties. Um, to stand up to the NFL and say, this isn't right. My interviews weren't right. What they did to me in Miami wasn't right. Rather than just keep your mouth shut. Uh, you know, then Tomlin reached out to him and, uh, you know, he was with the Steelers last year. So, you know, I like the guy. I think he's going to make a difference now, whether he has the personnel to do all the things he wants and whether he can get them up to speed. I think they're a little short and we'll talk about, you know, what they could do you know later on, but, um, I don't know. I don't like, I would not be comfortable with the young, unproven, injury prone, all those faces that he has to, to trust right now. Scheme can't make enough of a difference. I, you know, I, no, not, not where I think they come up with, they, where they potentially could come up lacking, which is at corner. Yeah. You know, I go back to 2020 and ask Mike Zimmer and, and uh, you know, coming off a of playoff season, what it was like to, to, to throw corners out there who weren't ready. You know, that's uh, and and I go back another one. Leslie Frazier in 2012 or 2013, what he was dealing with at the end of that disaster. See, by the end of that disaster season, uh, you know, having a punt returner play corner, have a Benny yeah. Sapp come off the road, uh, off the street again to come back. You know, uh, that's not a position that you can say, well, I hope it works. You know, you better have something there. I remember us singing the praises of Benny Sapp. He had a couple good, couple good games there, and then then uh, kind of regressed to the mean a little. Well, bit. you know, I love Benny. Is that yeah. the best quote ever? Was whenever yep. you, know, <laughs> you know, when he comes in, he's like a day into the building, and he's like, "We all gotta, we all gotta like." There has to be a buy-in factor here on this team, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, 
Uh, so yeah, Benny was a great character. He gave it all he had, but uh, boy, uh, Leslie needed uh, what well, Leslie needed that year was uh, Antoine Winfield to be re-signed and not uh, Josh Freeman. Right. He brought um, in. Uh, you, you mentioned, uh, and I don't know if this might not be the right term for it, but you know, Brian Flores, you know, stood up to the NFL, uh, lost his job at head coach, and then he went to the Steelers. Is this kind of a rehab tour for him when, you know, and, and how do you think he's doing? Because now he's on his second place since that, and he's trying to work his way back probably to a head coaching job. Um, do you think that's what this is, or is this just a case of uh, Kevin O'Connell and Kwesi Noah, a good, good defensive coordinator, and they brought him in? Well, I think, you know, you can't worry about what's going to happen in 2024. I mean, um, you yeah, know, we're I, I, it's, it's a good thing. It's a good thing if, uh, and it was good, you know, it got mixed in with like Zimmer with his offensive coordinators. It got mixed in. Oh, Zimmer goes through offensive coordinators. You know, he can't keep any offensive coordinator. He, you know, he can't work with them. Well, two of them got head coaching jobs and that was a good thing, you know, uh, and, and one of them became uh, coach of the uh, NFL coach of the year as a rookie head coach in Cleveland. I mean, can again, uh, who see, who sees that coming? Then you go to Cleveland as you know. I, I used to tell Kevin Stefanski, "That's your, you know." The first time he didn't get the job, I was like, "Oh, here you're better off. You don't want to go to Cleveland. That's a career killer." And then you know he goes to Cleveland, wins Coach of the Year. So, um, you know, if I'm the Vikings, if I'm Kevin O'Connell, if I'm Quasi, I want this guy to be a head coach in two years or three years because that means he will have done something. You know, uh, he will have turned around at one of the worst defenses in the league with a, with a scheme that was his own, that he owns. Uh, he's not coming in and just riding, you know, some coattails. He's coming in to change. He's coming in on a, it's a very unique situation. He's coming in on a 13 win team to change the the biggest weakness that it has and, and make it better. And if he does that, he'll, he'll be, he'll be a head coach again. I'm, I'm just curious, wonder why he came. I know he had some history with Kevin O'Connell. Uh, they, they coached together somewhere. I can't remember where, but, uh, this would would not be coming in here wouldn't have been the the, the choicest job out there last season to come in and re rehabilitate. This oh, I, defense, you know? I would, you know, I mean, I, um, yeah, I, I see what you're saying with the personnel and everything. And they, he was a coach in New England uh, when when Connell was there, so they that they have a you know a little bit of a history there. Uh, so Connell has seen him from a distance, you know, being a quarterback and this guy being, I think it was a linebackers coach at the time. You know, he's worked under Belichick. But I think you come here, at, you know, I give him credit because he's, he was still in the running for the Cardinals job. And I feel like he probably felt, I can't speak for him, but, you know, you take another, you know, and he did well in, he did well in Miami. He had back-to-back nine-win seasons, didn't make the playoffs. Uh, but, you know, with what he was working with and an owner that was telling him to tank games and, and all that stuff, uh, he did, he did well. And, I think he sees coming here as a defensive coordinator uh, with that offense and with the, a 13 win team, uh, you know, he's in now in a division, you know, a division where, you know, they should win the division. Uh, this is a better job as defensive coordinator than I think going to Arizona and, and, mm. and starting over there and, you know, maybe only making it two years before you get fired. Right. So I, I, I think I thought it was a, it's a, it's a pretty good job for him to be walking into you mentioned the, uh, the, the that quote that you let off of that quote about, you know, trying to uh, be aggressive but not reckless. That's a pretty fine line to, to walk in the NFL, isn't it? I mean, because you can't – it you know, you've got to be 
not you got to be aggressive, but it's hard to pull back and sometimes not go over that line, don't you think, for these guys because it's such a fast game? Well, yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, you know, any anything uh, if we see a a defender breathe heavy on the on the quarterback, uh, we're going to be and that and that, that wasn't like that the entire year. Right. I mean, they you know they opened with the Packers and we were all singing Donatello's praises and oh my gosh, this is amazing. You know, look what they did to Aaron Rodgers and. But it just didn't wasn't sustainable. And when uh, when Zadarius got hurt in the middle of the year, that became, you know, uh, a huge. Uh, you couldn't rush it only four when when one of them only had uh, one leg. So, uh, you know, they needed. There were so many times, you know, you know, talking to these guys. I won't name any names, but talking to them, they were like, you know, <laughs> you know, we I, I hear you because I would be always like, why 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 don't you go after the quarterback more? And yeah. I was like, yeah, you know, it, we. That's just they they tr- he trusted that system to a fault and, and was only here for one year. But yeah, that's it's a balance, especially whenever you don't have, you know, you don't have a Deion Sanders, you don't have a a lock a shutdown corner. Like Belichick could and when um, Flores was in in New England, they could or even in Miami they could do that because they had would have a little more experience at corner and guys that could take away a side of the field. And I don't know that they have that right now. I, but if they do, it hasn't been proven. You mentioned uh, a lot of new faces and, you know, Flores doesn't want to put too much on the young players, but truth be told, and without getting into particulars, we'll do that in the next segment. uh, The Vikings are going to need some of those players to step up and and really perform. And they're going to have to, to learn this new system. And they're going to have to, you know, get up to speed really quick. That's going to be tough. Yeah. And then you're asking guys to get up to speed quick and also asking guys to, Hey, I know you've been uh, injury prone. You're in your early 20s, and you've been injury prone since high school. In the case of uh, of Andrew Booth, uh, but hey, we need you to play 17 games and uh, stay healthy, and you know all that. That that's a big gamble, and you know, frankly, they're they're counting on some guys that are. It's scary to be counting on them because I, I like I love a Caleb Evans, but in today's NFL, he might be one concussion away from you know we're doing a retirement for a 23 year old guy or 22 mm. or whatever he is, you know, because he had three, you know, was in the concussion protocol three times last year. Um, these guys are so much more aware of, and I think, uh, you know, they're not only aware of the, the, the concussions and what they can do and everything, but they're more willing to say, Hey, I'm not going to risk my future for this. So I don't know his personality. I don't know if he's that kind of guy, but we've seen over the last 10 years, of uh, guys that are in their early twenties saying, Hey, that's enough. You know, I'm not going to do it. So, you know, that that's a risk. The concussions are a risk. The booth always having legs and hips and groins and problems. And so that, yeah, yeah, you're right. There, there's a lot, there's a ton of guys that they're okay. Hey, we hope it, hope it works. Yeah. Right. Speaking of Caleb Evans, he spoke yesterday. Andrew Kramer from your paper wrote a story about uh, Flores yesterday. And, and then that, uh, Evans was quoted on how, you know, you got to be versatile to play for, for uh, uh, Flores. That's kind of a hallmark of his team, isn't it? Can you describe that a little bit? Well, how he likes to move players around at different spots and, and such. Well, yeah, I mean, you, you come from the, you know, Belichick was, uh, you know, everybody says, oh, Belichick only won because Tom Brady. That's, that's a bunch of crap. You know, to, you know, it certainly helps having Tom Brady, but there were games, you know, there were runs where they had the number one defense and, there's a Super Bowl that they won 13 to three. You know, uh, it's not just poo poo, like, oh, Belichick, you know, 
been part of Belichick's, you know, greatness is, you know, like getting guys that could play multiple positions and you could shift in and out of three, four, four, three, mm. um, you know, uh, the guys that wouldn't have great stats. That's why you don't see a ton of like defenders from the Patriots or, you don't, you know, there aren't hall of famers all over the place. Like you would see, of course they had like two different types, two, two different dynasties during Brady's career, but um, had guys that could play different multiple positions. And he always, when he was great defenses, he always had that shutdown corner, you know, that could, could do that. And, you know, then he had guys that could move around. So yeah, Evans, uh, in his case, he's probably referring to having to play inside, outside nickel, you know, Murphy's a guy that uh, can play inside, outside, but he's another guy that like, he's, he's your, he's your grizzled veteran right now. And he, he only played five games last year and he's, you know, still young. So I, I just, I feel like they need more there. Here's my big question on Flores. You know, he says that in that uh, story, he said, he talked about how you have to build an, an identity on defense in this league in the NFL. Is he going to be around long enough to do that? <laughs> well, yeah, I think, I think if you, if you come out of the gates hot, you can build an identity. Yeah. That's the, the thing about last year's team, the, their, their, uh, you know, I guess their identity, which to me is unsustainable. And uh, Zimmer used to always talk about turnovers. I mean, I mean, it's great to have turnovers, but um, he wanted to see a guy defended closely. He'd rather have, uh, well, I don't know if he'd rather, but it was more sustainable to really have tight coverage, even when you're in zone, carry your guy through the zone, as opposed to living and dying on on turnovers. Well, this team did a lot of living and living and dying on turnovers at, you know, at the end of games last year. Yeah, uh, it, you know, it helped them in Buffalo. You know, it was the best game of the year in the NFL. Uh, but you know, that's not always going to happen. So to me, they, yeah, they, they, uh, their identity will be be aggressive. Last year's identity was kind of turnovers at the end of games. Well, that went away. You know, uh, I think more sustainable is an aggressive, you know, uh, exotic blitzes or, or um, you know, have putting Harrison Smith back in a in a in a role where he was more like Zimmer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's getting older. How much more he can do that? But I think he's got one more year of being able to play that way. So take advantage of some of this, uh, you know, being aggressive. You know, going after the quarterback, using the home field advantage. So those are the that, that's the identity identity he's talking about. Is you know, people always talk about Zimmer talked about turnovers. Uh, we're talking here about an aggressive style. Can that aggressive style? put you in position better to get turnovers. I mean, you, turnovers are happenstance to a degree, but there's also some, there's some scheme behind, right? Maybe to, to, to maybe put yourself in position to get more, or is that just, is it just total luck or failure? Well, you know, I mean, last year, this time we were, you know, we we're still new with the, the Donatello, you know, we were kind of yeah. looking at what the 18 bears did and uh, you know, and Donatello and, um, and, uh, the defensive coordinator at that point. Team. Or Patton? No. No, uh, Fangio. Fangio. Uh, Fangio. You know, that was a great, you know, but they also had Khalil Mack and they had, you know, they had a great, they had great players too. But yeah, they had a lot of, they had a lot of takeaways. And, you know, we were still kind of like, well, you know, this defense, you know, you, you got eyes on the quarterback. You're more, you're, you're kind of back and you're, that's how you get turnovers. Well, to some degree, yeah. But I think the turnovers come from, you know, pressuring the quarterback and, 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 you know, uh, their schedule, you know, they, they play the NFC South with all their, you know, quarterbacks aren't very good. Yeah. Now they're probably going to play a rookie quarterback from Carolina. Uh, the division now is, you know, uh, like Goff in Detroit is is really kind of changing the, the narrative on his career. But 
he's still a guy that last year we're like, man, they've got to get after him. And they just didn't do it. And right. they picked him apart different times. Um, but you know, you don't have, you don't have Rogers twice a year. So you can, I think you can be aggressive. You can go after the quarterback and you just can't let the offense stay in rhythm. Otherwise you're going to get killed and you're not going to force turnover. I think uh, after what we watched last year and the, the shell defense of Ed Donatell and seemed like they were laying off and laying off the line so much to see this aggressive formation and, and, and see, or this aggressive scheme and watch them guy. I think Vikings fans are, I'm going to be pumped just to see how they do. I mean, you always in, in NFL in this day, you always want to see points, but I really want to see what this defense does because I think it will teach me something different about, you know, how, how coaches approach the game, you know? Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, Zimmer at the end when, whenever injuries and everything, his defense has tailed off, but Zimmer, you know, gave this, gave this market some great defense for, you know, pretty good stretch. Now, Absolutely did. Um, you know, you know, 2015, 17 was, you know, was you know, the defense in 17, uh, 19 is they made the playoffs because of that defense. And, uh, but then it just kind of fell apart whenever they couldn't afford to keep that team together. Uh, so yeah, it's, um, you it was know, Zimmer was a, where every, uh, uh, Harrison Smith would line up because you always knew there was something going on with him on, in Zimmer's defense. You go, yeah, that, I just think they need to get back to some of that. And, yeah. and I think, you know, it just hopefully that they, they, they do have the personnel to do it. Uh, I think, I think they, they could be more aggressive. They might have to be more aggressive because of their personnel. If, right. If, right. you know, I mean, I, guys aren't gonna be able to cover forever. It's, it's going to be interesting to see how he pieces it all together and just how many new faces he could be looking at. Well, that's the perfect segue because that's what we're going to do in the next, uh, so, I mean, we're going to break down the, the defense uh, by position a little bit and and see, do the Vikings have the personnel to play this this aggressive style defense? So, so we'll take a quick break and come on back to the Vikings Territory Breakdown Podcast. All right, folks, welcome back to Vikings Territory Breakdown Podcast with Mark Craig from the Star Tribune. Mark, uh, defense is key. That's what it's going to be, I think, for me this year. I mean, I think the, the offense is kind of – I won't say status quo – I think they they've improved when you when you look at uh, Josh Oliver being added and you look at uh, another season with Hawkinson and and uh, they got that uh, first round draft pick so I, I think and uh, you know we don't know what's going to happen at running back yet but I, I think they'll be maybe a titch better but I think they'll be the same the defense has got to be the thing for this team and we want to look at uh, the Vikings on defense this year and on their roster and see how they stack up with this. Brian, this B-flow defense. I bet you just love when I call him B-flow, don't you, Mark? You just yeah, yeah. So I always like when people ask questions that are in the media and we're, you know, we use all their nicknames and stuff. That, uh, that's kind of like a, a nails on a chalkboard for me. It's like, you know, we're, you're we're in not inside. We're, uh, yeah, we're not in the, we're not in the, in the trenches with us. So let's not pretend we are. I, I, I you know, I, I, total tangent, but I, I helped write, I wrote Mark, can't think of his name, George Mikan's biography, and I was talking to him once, and he used to tell me about, I, I interviewed uh, uh, Vern Mickelson, and he always said, he was talking about Sid, who would come down in the locker room, you know, who was, you know, at the Tribune, but he was also kind of general manager of the team, and Sid always tried to get inside, like he was one of the guys there, and he just says, like, oh, you know, you come see Sid come in talking and rubbing elbows with the players like he was one of them, and he says, kind of fell flat a little bit, but, you know. 
Did you uh, did you interview Sid for? You're talking about George Mikan and defense on football. God, how old are you, Joe? Are you like hundred years Sid. old? Sid was the uh, hardest. You got to get. He was the last one. He kept telling me. He kept putting me off, and I just got really mad at him. I, I finally said, "I got to have you now. I got to do this because I need you in order to to write the book." And so he begrudgingly gave an interview. Well, I didn't realize he was in the process of writing his own book and telling these stories that I was trying to get out of him at the same time. So, ah, well, yeah. Royce, you had a perfect thing on Sid. Just real quick. I think he wrote about Bud Grant's uh, ceremony the, or the memorial, the public memorial. And it was like uh, one of the touching moments. I think it's, I think Chad Hartman said that first time he, or one of the only times he saw his dad cry is when, when Bud Grant asked him to present him at the hall of fame. Yep. And, and, and when he went in the hall of fame, which is a huge honor. I mean, that's yeah. back, you, you were on the stage with these guys and, uh, that was when I was on the front steps of the Hall of Fame. And I remember being there. I was in Canton working. And I was like, I didn't know who Sid Hartman was at that point. But I found out uh, eventually. Uh, <laughs> but it was like when they were talking, I think Bob Hagen might have told the story. We, we were talking about we were working on Sid's speech, working on Sid's speech. And the only thing, it only needed one thing. It needed to be, they, when they were re reworking it, it needed to be less about Sid and more about Bud. <laughs> <laughs> and that's. That might be how you describe Sid Hartman. Is oh, every time someone would pass, it would Sid would write something, and it would be like, eh, it's a little more about Sid than it was uh, about the person who passed." I uh, I was surprised as heck when he when Bud chose him as as his presenter. You know, you knew they were friends. I didn't know they were that tight, and you found out since that they really were. So he deserved that. He deserved good for Sid. I'm I'm happy that he was able to do that. But but that's that's funny to hear that. Anyway. Okay, Mark, we're just avoiding the inevitable. What do we got at left corner? But I forgot coming back with that, that stalwart Andrew Booth Jr. Hopefully, we can see him play this year. Uh, is probably he's penciled in at your starter. You got Johan Williams, a free agent they picked up on uh, next, and then Kalon Barnes, followed by uh, another guy, CJ Colden Jr. And Jalen Williams, that's who they got penciled in at in their on the depth chart for the left cornerback position. What do you think of that? Well, you know, I don't think you could read those names all you want, but that, that those are off season training camp guys. And mm -hmm. uh, thanks for thanks for letting me know some of those. I didn't even never even heard of them. Uh, you know, I had to go to the, the I had to go find it on. Uh, you know, to me, it's you know, you're looking at the you know, the, the three, the top three that they have. I know we're gonna we'll go why don't we just take it by corner, we'll be here all day. Okay. Uh, so it's me, it's the you know, you got you know, uh, uh, Booth and Evans as your Evans, guess your yep. outside starters. Yep, and then you know Murphy is the guy that's going to be the slot. You know, um, I don't care who's behind them. Uh, there's maybe some guys that can that can step in if they need to, but I I think no matter what's uh, what no matter what order they put them in and behind them, there's not enough there. There's not enough for me. For me, there's not enough there, and we'll we'll talk about it later. But they need. They need a uh, they need another veteran presence, uh, you know. Patrick Peterson you know, moved on, um, but they need that type of veteran presence to be in there. That's and there's some guy there's some guys out there that are that are waiting and looking, and we'll you know we'll talk about it in a little bit. But uh, you know this is this is a I think would be a pretty attractive place to come for a those those one year you know tail of the end of the career type guys uh, that could help them. Well, the Vikings have been uh, king of picking up someone like that, like you know, uh, for for a song because we they've had the need for it. But that's really concerning because you know, 
this guy's not injury prone or in this position. It's tough, but uh, yeah, I, I'm surprised Brian, Mur I, I, Byron Murphy. I didn't know he was a nickelback. So they're, they're going to slot him there. He's not playing one of the outsides, huh? Well, I mean, whenever they, there's just two corners, I mean, he would be on the outside and then he slides in. So oh. you know, Antoine Winfield used to do that. Um, different guys used to do that. And we should mention the, uh, the two rookies, especially the third round draft pick. Now that's, you know, there is some depth there because I would assume that you know, these guys, Mackie you know, Black can, is that who you're telling? Yeah. Me? yeah. So you know, they're I'm not saying that everybody else is this practice squad or training right. camp body or whatever. They, they, you know, they did invest uh, two picks. Uh, one of them is uh, uh, the, you got the you got it in front of you, Mikhail, uh, the Mack guy that, or Tay Gowan. No, uh, no, it's the guy that they picked in the uh, in the fourth round or fifth round or whatever. Jalen um, Williams, maybe. He can play. He can play a safety corner uh, and oh, also yeah. nickelback. So uh, you know you got those, but, but I still think they they need. It cries out for uh, whenever they you know you know Dalvin Cook's not kind of come back onto the roster. So they, there's that money that's there. I think that you know that's when maybe you sign you know the, uh, a guy at that position or another edge rusher. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm just I just showed you my. Uh, my uh, studying up for this one. I, I I need to go back and look at these rookies better just to get their names and see. You know, yeah, they are going to keep the rookies that they drafted for sure. They will be on the team. One would think, unless they fall completely off their nut. But uh, anyway, let's slide to the safety positions. You got uh, Harrison Smith and Cam Bynum as your starters, but you got uh, Josh Metellus, Lewis Seen, and uh, Theo Jackson as your depth is uh, Lewis scene doesn't uh, at least not yet. You can't pencil him into one of those spots. Can you? Yeah, you know, I wouldn't think so. Cause you got to see him, you know, take contact again, but you know, you're going in looking at probably uh, six new starters. And then your hope, your hope is that, I mean, you know, I'm hoping it's one more because I'm hoping that it's Lewis scene stepping in uh, and, right. And acting like a, and staying healthy and acting like a, he's the other guy we didn't mention as we're talking about needing to stay healthy. Um, you know, he shatters his leg in his fourth game or third game or whatever. Didn't yeah. didn't play any defense. Uh, which, but you know, you want him to to overtake Bynum, and then Bynum would have an Bynum's going to have a role in some some regard. Right. Uh, you know, he, he can play multiple positions. He, he's not not really good enough to play. He was a corner in in college and. I remember they were asking, well, why, why are you a safety in the NFL? When he came in, it's like he gave some big, long answer. And I was, I think I nudged someone and said, because he's not good enough to play, not fast enough to play corner. You know, that's, that's, that's wow. usually, if you boil it down in a nutshell, when a, a guy ends up as a tweener or whatever, and he ends up at safety, he's not fast enough to play corner. So that's typically, I just, uh, yeah. Humble. Uh, so yeah, that, that to me is a, you want you want it to be seven faces because you want Lewis Seen to be starting. Got your John Madden hands going there. You know you got. I know. I, I'm trying to keep them down, but I can't do it. What? Well, Boom. <laughs> we got Josh Metellus, who in spot duty last year, uh, he he would flash every once in a while, made some plays. I I I didn't mind when he was in the game. Um, so I, that that I think there's some depth at that position if in fact Lewis Seen steps up and you got Metellus, you know, behind Harrison Smith. So, you know, I, I feel good about that position to a degree. The, uh, the well, same yeah. positions. I, I agree. Bynum Bynum became a better player than we thought. Yep. Um Seen has all the ability in the world whether he can stay healthy. Uh Harrison Smith still has at least a year has a year left in him. Uh Metellus, I you know, I I 
I like, I just like Metellus's work ethic. I like his personality. Um, I like the fact that he talks to us and, and, and it's good. So that, that helps. It's, uh, it's always nice to be, have a guy who can play and not be a jerk. Yep. Um, so to me, you know, yeah, I like that, but I like what they have there and I like what they can do there with the versatility and Metellus and obviously Metellus is, I know special teams is being kind of eliminated from the NFL, but Metellus, until we get to that point, Metellus is also probably their best special teams player as well. Yeah. Okay, let's go to the linebacker position. And this next stuff is going to be tougher because God only knows what they're going to do. Isn't there going to be some 3-4 and some 4-3? And is, is Daniil Hunter, if he's if he shows up, is he, uh, you know, I, they got him listed as the left outside linebacker. That's kind of what he was last year. But previously, he was a defensive end. So you got him, Hunter Jones, Hunter Jones, Daniil Hunter, Pat Jones, and Luigi Vian, Villain, I guess. Uh, at, at, you know, there. So what? On our social, some, some guy named Whitey Benton. So, uh, <laughs> oh no, no, he's a he's a kicker. Never mind, I got this. Anyway, <laughs> well, if if they're lining up kickers at I left outside yeah. linebacker, Joe, I I don't like that move. I don't like any kickers playing on deep. Although the one the punter, the punter could be a nose tackle. I think that's so. true. That's true. So there you go. We should have him on here. You know, first uh, you know, I, Daniel Hunter. I mean, yeah, I mean Daniel Hunter. I, I would imagine by the time we get to training camp, I would, I think his con- he'll be happy because maybe his, I would assume his contract. They'll do something with his contract. Uh, you know, people that say you need to trade Daniel Hunter or whatever. I, I, you know, that's if you want to just take a giant axe and and put a put a hole inside of your defense. You know, trade Daniel Hunter and and because they're not in a position right now where they're at as a franchise and and. You know, Aaron Rodgers just left the division, and you can't, you won 13 games, and your offense is good. You don't know how long Kirk Cousins is going to be here. Uh, they need Daniel Hunter. You know, they need him. You know, to uh, he kind of came on toward the end of last year, and uh, a little more comfortable in the defense. And they can also use him in ways where he's not covering a tight end downfield. I guess you got to do some of that when you're playing three four. But there were some times where it's like, well, you know, what what in the world is he doing? where he was, but maybe this defense uh, Flores has is a little more smart in that regard. And you know, have, I mean, I, even Jared Allen back in which now seems like the stone ages would occasionally, you know, fire zone blitz would drop back. And, but, you know, it should be very minimal on the times that Daniel does that. Um, so should we expect more out of Pat Jones this year? Yeah. You know, I just see him as a kind of a, he's a backup guy. You know, yep. your, your outside linebackers aren't going to play hundred percent of the snaps. So he's a guy that you want to see maybe play 10, 15, 20%, 20 tops. Uh, so, you know, and they, and, and the, um, you know, they, they have those guys that can do that. Can sort of like DJ won't uh, I guess he'd have him on the other side, but they have that, you know, but uh, you know, I just feel like that's another position that they could do it. You, know, you go out and get one of those pass rushers for hire who might yep. be a little later in his career, but would want to be involved with a team that's that's pretty good. Wow, he said they're pretty good. Weak side linebacker, they got Jordan Hicks as your guy, and then Troy Dye behind him. And I got to mention Ivan Pace Jr., who they picked up, I think, uh, undrafted, wasn't he? Wasn't uh, Pace one of those undrafted guys they paid right out after the draft was over? I think so. Uh, yeah, I mean – to me, that that those two spots, and they haven't 
you know, die is basically your guy that would float. Yeah. Uh, you'd have, if, I mean, I like, you know, it, I guess in a perfect world, if he's cheaper, I would, I would still like to have Eric Kendricks there. I, I'm not, I'm not going to drink the Kool-Aid to the point where I'm celebrating Eric Kendricks being gone. No. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, cause it's like, well, you know, he's, 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 he's over 30 now and he didn't play that well and we don't need him. You know, didn't take him long to find a job. So to me, you know, I'd still like to have Eric Kendricks around and, um, you know, that was his first year in that, in that defense, uh, might not have played the best, but he's still, you know, leading tackler seven out of eight years. Yeah. I had, had a nose for the ball. Uh, I think he's going to be missed, but I do like Asamoah, uh, you know, I, I love his potential, but it, he's not going to hit the ground and be all pro on day one. But I do think that Asamoa is going to be a very good player, but it's just a matter of how long is it going to take. So, you know, it takes – to do that bit. with a contract. I mean, that's it was such a shame. Eric Kendricks is, is going to go down in the history of some of the greatest linebackers in this franchise. There's there's no two ways about it. And you had – you know, it, it's a shame – that uh, contracts forced him out of here. I mean, I, I, I know why they made the decision and such, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I wish he was here play and, and, you know, another year of tutelage for Asimov and they, they, they start playing together and just go crazy. I mean, that, that's a couple of guys that I'd want on the field, but. Yeah. And it's just, um, you know, it's different, you know, like situations like Harrison Smith, if Harrison Smith had taken the same stance, not taking the pay cut, he'd be gone too. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, sometimes that happens. Sometimes it doesn't, you know, Greenway tail end of his career was given money back. Yeah. Brian Ro- Robeson, you know, kind of the same thing. Um, you know, I, I just never got the, I don't know if they even asked uh, Kendricks. I think maybe they saw Asamoah as the guy to move in. They saw Hicks as the more affordable guy that they were comfortable with. So they re-signed Hicks, you know, and then they, have, they got a big savings on on Eric's contract. So, they, yeah. yeah, it had to be done financially because of where they were at. They didn't have the history uh, like uh, Zimmer had probably with, with uh, uh, Kendricks, you know. And uh, so that's – there was not that emotional attachment. They could go and make that business decision, as it were. I would think it's too bad. But then, we saw, then the Vikings picked up Marcus Davenport, who is a big question mark, but has a, a potential upside that's pretty exciting. Got DJ Wonham and Andre Carter uh, all listed on the uh, right outside linebacker position. What do you see there, Mark? Well, you know, I see, I see uh, Davenport is a guy, you know, he's he's got the pedigree. He was a first-round draft pick, but the team that drafted him, you know, they didn't they didn't put a fifth year thing on him. He's a first round pick, and they didn't put the fifth year uh, option on him. That you know, he's kind of he's not, he's an underachiever. So he's an underachiever coming into a defensive coordinator who's probably an overachiever or a much more type, you know, a mentality. Um, you know, it gets it, key for him to be turned around to be you know. And I would I would imagine that Flores being involved, he's he's obviously satisfied with the guy's personality. Does he want it? Does he want to you know use this opportunity to, to be great? Because I think it's there. The ability is there. It's just it has never surfaced uh, consistently. So uh, I like the fact that we're talking about him as opposed to someone who maybe is just going to be a career backup forever and say, well, yeah, we hope he like takes a step. I feel like there's a step there for him to take. Um, so I like it, but I'm, you know, it's another question mark. That's 
will will impact the season, you know, in a big way. Well, speaking of steps, we're going to step aside here real quick and take another break, and we'll be back talking about the defensive line and some more uh, some more things on the defense in this uh, all defensive show, Vikings territory breakdown. So come on back. Okay, folks, welcome back to Vikings Territory Breakdown with Mark Craig from the Star Tribune. Mark's breaking down the, the defense for us. Um, and we're up to the defensive line, which to me is a quagmire. I mean, I they lost some players. They got some players. I don't know if it was a net gain in, in what they lost and what they got. But uh, um, some of the names we got, left defensive end, Dean Lowry, and – that one I can't even pronounce, so I'm not saying it. Uh, then we got uh, the nose, nose tackle, <laughs> Kyrus's Tonga, and Roy Jacqueline. I think he was a draft pick. I can't – or Jacqueline Roy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then at right defensive end, uh, Harrison Phillips, backed up by Jonathan Bullard. Um, and the rest names are – Probably won't matter that much. Mark, the defensive line, what are the Vikings going to do there this year? They lost, you know, some guys inside. They lost to Darius Smith. As a, uh, he's an outside linebacker, but, you know, depending what you call him. I, I consider him the same in that kind of defense. But, anyway, I'll uh, quit babbling and let you talk. How about that? Old guys talking defense, Joe. On a holiday. Boy, we're going to pack them in on this. Uh, yeah, on this gonna, people are going to get to the end and they're going to play Wait. it. Wait. I don't want to. I don't want to go to the cabin. I want to <laughs> listen to these old guys talk about defense. Um, where were we? Uh, uh, Lowry. You know, I I see Lowry and uh, and Harrison Phillips. I had I had like higher expectations, or, or I thought Harrison Phillips could have owned this town. I mean, his personality, yeah. kind of a bit larger than life personality. It's great in the community. Um, I just he didn't have like a real impactful year. I don't think. Um, not that he was a bad player, but I'm just saying it wasn't like this. I just don't see any any of those guys. Lowry's a steady player, comes from Green Bay, durable. He's got the experience, which is good, but I don't see him as like this impact, like you know, be able to rush the passer. Or um, and the nose tackle is basically unproven. He's a, he's a big guy, um, but man, it's just you know, I I don't think that Dalvin Tomlinson was a uh, was worth what Cleveland gave him. It would have been kind of nice if Cleveland hadn't overspent and maybe Dalvin comes back. And Yeah. Um, but in saying that, I, I, I've, you know, even going back to last year when we were talking about defensive line, I just was, I was underwhelmed by what they had. And, you know, I, I understand in passing situations, you, uh, in this defense, you, you, you'll, you'll like the Darius Smith, a lot of times would run on nickel. He would be rushing over the center or the guard. So, mm -hmm. It's you know, and you're not just getting this there. They line up and they all just stay in the same spot and go. There's some moving around, especially this year. You're going to see some, some moving around. But uh, I'd like to see more from the defensive line. Maybe Lowry, you know, has a spark. That, but I just don't. I don't see it. I don't see a. Not going to say they're bad, but I'm not. I'm just kind of. I got to look and see. Wait. Uh, there's just not a lot of juice there. I don't think. Yeah, and it, it's it's really important for this team, you know. I mean, you, you talked about uh, the the uh, the cornerbacks earlier. Uh, last year, they they were struggling because you know you've got it. They, they work in tandem with the defensive line. The defensive line's got to get to the quarterback to help the the cornerbacks, especially when you're when you're uh, not that good. And now, when you got a 
a new group coming in, they need that help even more. And I'm I'm not sure if it's on this roster from the defensive line. Would you agree, disagree? Well, yeah, the three, four, I mean, obviously the a big, you know, the edge rushers are, they are your linebackers. So it's, it's yeah. a, um, it's an, it's that front seven. That's, uh, you know, that having those three guys, uh, they, you know, they got obviously have to be good against the run and they have to, uh, I just, there's just not a lot of, uh, I don't see a lot of like the quickness that to get, you know, like Dalvin had a little bit of quickness to him, but still, even he wasn't like off the charts. I don't think uh, it's rare. It's also really rare to find that, uh, you know, that three, you know, um, like the guy from Philadelphia that um, went on to San Francisco, that, that type of interior pass rusher where you can, you know, you can, you can wreak havoc on the inside and as opposed to just occupying a blocker. Or, uh, so, yeah, I, I, I'd like to see him step up and, and Lowry gives you some hope that there'll be a little more there, but, uh, and, and then Harrison Phillips, maybe another, another year yeah. uh, in this, in, in a similar type of defense, uh, maybe he steps up a little more, but I, I want to see more from that, from that group. What, you know, we hear uh, when, when, when Brian Flores is asked about his scheme uh, he, earlier on this off season, he famously said, Three, four, four, three. You probably see, you know, depend. Who are we going to play? Who are we playing? That's so it makes it say that it could go either way. Is that is that uh, smoke or is, is it, or what? What are we going to primarily see? Are we going to see a three, four defense and then yeah. occasionally see a four, three, or is it going to be all over the place? Or is it going to be a four, three? You know, and and what is the hundred thing? It's a three. It's a three, four. Even he said at the end of that was like you know, three, three, four. You know, three, four. <laughs> um, but there's so many different things that he could be doing with it. Uh, like, you know, in some of these defenses, uh, you know, the, the, the Packers jump out of me as a team, you know, I guess when Pettin was there, or you would see, you know, sometimes you'd see one down lineman or two down linemen. Or, or, so there, I think you're probably going to see, uh, you could see, uh, I think we've already seen it in the limited amount of time they've shown us is uh, three safety defense, uh, maybe a, you have three corners, but you have, you know, three safeties. And so um, they're looking for guys that can do a lot of different things. And, and then it allows them to, to maybe surprise people with, uh, with uh, the, uh, and Belichick was great at it, but he all Belichick also, and his, you know, he could spot guys. Uh, Richard Seymour was a, it, to me is a, is a hall of, you know, he's a hall of fame Him last year. Uh, yeah. He, he's uh, So he's a hall of famer. Uh, who doesn't have the, the ton of st- sacks and stats are not hall of fame, but mm-hmm. you look at what he did and where he was positioned and, um, and you know, he could play nose tackle. He could play on the end. He could play, you know, so you, you, you find those special types of players. Um, they, I don't see that they have it on defensive line, but maybe, uh, you know, a cam Bynum's a guy that has some versatility of uh, Byron uh, Murphy's a guy that maybe has it. Um, so yeah, you, you know, if you bring in another edge rusher, you'd have uh, maybe three kind of. Right. Yeah. And if you bring in an older guy, and we'll talk about it later, but you bring in an older guy, he's more willing to like, hey, I, I'm not looking to start. I'm just looking to knock down the quarterback ten times and get another deal next year. You know, you're gun for hires at that position. Yeah. All right. Well, here's the key question for me, and then you you touched on it earlier. You talked about uh, Leslie Frazier's defense, where he's pulling people in off the street. You've got. Uh, uh, Mike Zimmer has always said you can always uh, uh, you can never have enough cornerbacks. Um, 
give me give me uh, the secondary, the cornerback position, the safety position, linebackers, and the line. Uh, do the Vikings have enough depth to to make this? You know, because there's so many people that have injury issues, they really need the depth more so than they have in the past. Do they have it? Do you think in general on this defense? No, there's there's two positions, <laughs> two key positions That's the that I don't that I no I don't I I think they need you know uh, there's guys out there and, who's um, out there are we are we ready to talk about them well I, you know if you just I mean do you so cornerback they need some more people um, I, I think so yeah. And, yeah and I would go out and get another edge rusher if now granted these would have to be you know guys there's there's guys out there that are probably out there for they're they're shopping for better the best team the best situation. But they're probably guys who are one-year deals, or right. or guys that could be had for for team-friendly. Well, you know, Rob Brzezinski, you know, doing the hocus pocus and making it work financially. Uh, it's all you know, based on the fact that I think Dalvin Cooks played his last down as a Viking. You know that that opens up some more money, and you can maybe add a guy if it's a, if it's affordable. That's the the key. I mean, what are these guys doing out there at this point? And isn't there a chance at a contract really a good one, really diminishing because nobody has any cap space left at this point? Well, the ones I'm looking at are are guys that are older, guys that are are looking for, you know, one more swing at uh, at least one more swing at the at the table when it comes to contract or take a one year thing and you know see what happens next year or they're trying to win. You know, there you go. It's, it, some of them still want to win. They, what you got? Besides, uh, well, I mean, and uh, I was talking to um, play golf with Jeff Diamond the other day, and we were talking about this. And and I, I these 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 two guys to me are guys that I looked at as I was thinking about what we would do for this podcast, and he mentioned them as well. Um, so one of us was a, a GM, a great GM in the NFL, and the other one wasn't. So I'll. <laughs> I'll I'll let you. I'll let you know who the. I'll let you know the contender and the pretender in that situation. Yeah. All right. And I got my butt kicked on uh, my first round of, of the year too. So, yeah. um, you know, you're the guys off, I looked at. Coming were, off the DL, that's okay. You're coming off the DL. Yeah. After I got my six strokes out of him last year to start the season, uh, I got no sympathy when it came to the back. You know, was like Jeff was like, "No, yeah, we're not. no way, buddy." Um, so, thanks, Jeff. Uh, Justin Houston, 30, you know, he's 34. He would definitely fall into that one-year um, old pass rusher, hired gun type of guy. You know, uh, nine and a half sacks last year. He's still out there, you know, uh, to be the, you know, the Chiefs. You know, that's some, some, why isn't he back with the Chiefs? Or right. Why isn't he, you know, why hasn't he moved on? I think it got, you're in that situation, you're that age. You're saying, hey, you know, what, where's the best situation? You know, Jared Allen at the end of his career was a hired gun. He, who went to Carolina, went to Chicago, and then midway through the season of Chicago, he, you know, didn't work out with it because they went to a uh, three-four. He didn't fit that defense, so he, you know, Carolina picks him up, and he ends up playing a Super Bowl for the Panthers. Um, you know, uh, Chris Dolman, uh, how many years was he? Yeah. Uh, uh, he ended up coming back to the Vikings as a hired gun right. late in his career and had. You know, I probably didn't start any games, but I think he had double-digit sacks or whatever it was at you know at an advanced age. So those older edge rushers, if you need them uh, to boost something, and you've got a good team, you know they're not going to go and play for 
Houston or whatever. And, but, you know, the Vikings are in a situation I feel like, you know, they're, they're looking at winning this year. Uh, they have the offense. If it can work out financially, you get a, a Justin Houston. And, and the corner would be a, a Marcus Spears. I think they need, an ex, you know, he's uh, 30. He won't be 31 until January. Um, played for, you know, obviously played for the Chiefs, played for the, the, the Ravens. Uh, an experienced guy. He's got like 30-some career interceptions. Um, you know, guy at the end, toward the end of his career, you can get for a one-year deal, I would think. Um, that's what they, especially that cornerback position. I think they need, they need an experienced guy there to go with what, what all the other stuff that they have. Um, do you see these guys, these, these, you've described them as, you know, maybe old guys looking for a chance, one more swing at the, the plate or what have you. Are they looking to start? Are they looking for depth? You know, uh, I suppose they're looking to start cause then they get more money in that contract, but, uh, you know, and, and are the Vikings looking for starters? Do you think in the people? Well, if you if you bring in Marcus Peters, he's going to start. Okay. Um, if you bring in, say, a Justin Houston, he probably doesn't start. You right. you have Daniel, you have, but just because he doesn't start doesn't mean there isn't an opportunity. If you know, if you if say say if a uh, Davenport you know wakes up and realizes his potential and becomes that player who is a number one pick. Say Daniil gets his contract, he's happy with his contract. Um, you know, he's a little more comfortable with however uh, B-flow, as you call him, uh, <laughs> is we're running the defense. Wouldn't you like to have another guy? I, I would love to have a third guy. And wow, you know, it's, suddenly you got three guys. If, if, it, if it can work out financially. I, so that, that's the two areas I'd be looking at where I'm thinking, you know, we need, a, we need, we need two more, at least one of those two. And I've take the corner over the over the edge rusher, but man, if you could add two more pops to the defense, I think that would make a big difference. Do you uh, you you mentioned it earlier, Dalvin Cook saying everybody saying goodbye to him, but I, I keep seeing stories this week that he could still be here. They keep saying, "Oh, there's no chance." He's he's looking for for he's willing to take a pay cut or something. What the heck would they do with that? With all those running backs, if they if they kept him around, they certainly wouldn't get these guys on defense, which is what they need. They need them more than they need Dalvin Cook, don't, don't they? Well, yeah, but you have to. They have to be these. I throw out these two guys, and they're not hanging in a closet like a like a coat, you know, that you go reach in and buy. You know, they have a say. They have a say in this. Uh, but yeah, I mean, what you do is you. Uh, I, I I'd like to see them. You know, like. Do what they were saying last year. With if, if Dalvin were to come back, let's see you throw the ball more to him, like you were saying you were going to do. Um, but yeah, that's be like what kind of what they had last year, uh, running back. I, you know, I'm I'm willing, you know, because Dalvin because he you know, the third and one with third and short when they needed yardage, I just didn't feel he was he was the guy that, that yep. could get it done. He didn't, and and um, now that's obviously it's not all his fault. But you know they got the, the they got the Oliver as a tight end. Uh, Madison's been re-signed. Uh, you know, to me, I, yeah, you're. If I'm taking my my money, my allotment, I'm looking at what I'm talking about as opposed to Dalvin. And that's, you know, that's also acknowledging that Dalvin Dalvin's a great is a great player. Uh, just his contract does not fit uh, what they need to 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 play by the rules uh, under the cap. All right. I, well, let's finish up with three quick hitters for you. Um, first, I want to ask you, who do you think is going to be the defensive 
breakout player of the year. I'm gonna I'm gonna take some low hanging fruit just because he didn't get to play much last year. I'm gonna say Andrew Booth Jr. I believe in him. I believe he's finally gonna get over the injury bug. He's gonna be the guy. Who do you got? All right. Well, I'll I'll lead off by saying I I don't believe in him. <laughs> um, I don't believe in his his track record, but. I would love to see him. It'd be nice to see a young guy like that who's had to deal with so much stuff. Yep. I'd love to see him come overcome. And uh, uh, I, I would say Osimo. I, I have a feeling that his, his intensity. Come on. I, I don't think he broke out last year. Uh, he no. broke out uh, on special teams, maybe. Yeah, he did. I would say, I would say uh, and this is a big one for me because I, I'm still like, would love to have Kendricks there. But I feel like this guy can play at a speed that, like, to me, if you play fast, if you're playing wrong and you're still playing fast, you have a chance to, to be really good. And this guy plays fast. I think he wants to be good. I think he he has a personality where he really he he took advantage of playing a year with Kendricks. He's taken advantage of a year, and that, some of that sounds like cliche and stuff. But there, when you're around him, uh, sometimes you know when a guy could be why a guy is good and why a guy is bad because they just. One wants it, one doesn't. And mm -hmm. then I have a feeling like this guy, it, it's it's just it's human nature. Sometimes we don't think they're human beings, but they are. And they, they all everyone's different. They're not no two of us the same. And I feel like these guys, he is a guy that could play. He may not know everything he's doing right away, but he's gonna play fast and he's gonna gonna be a disruptor, I feel. Okay, question number two. Who's your most unrated player? I'm gonna go with this guy and I know you don't underrate him, but uh, just what you might've heard from me earlier, I think Josh Metellus, I think he is, he is a, uh, he's done well in spot duty. And you, you talked about what a great uh, special teams player he is. I think he's, he's underrated and you might see more out of him this year. So he's my guy. Yeah. On defense. Uh, yeah. He would be a good pick. I, he'd probably be my pick if I had gone first. Uh, I would say Bynum because Bynum's a guy that even I've, said, well, you know, why isn't Seen starting ahead of him? Why isn't this guy starting ahead of him? Why, you know, I think he has, he's become uh, a guy who is uh, under the radar, even though he, he started every game last year. And uh, it's like, you just keep wanting like, well, like, yeah, he's good, but you know, well, maybe he's good enough. Maybe he, he makes the rookie weight. And if that situation, then, yeah, the rookie's eventually going to start because Harrison Smith is probably in his last year here. Right, so, right. But but if if Bynum can hold him off for another year, and because he, you know, the thing about Seen getting hurt was Seen uh, couldn't beat out Bynum before that happened. He was he was in no no. I, I granted he had some injuries in training camp that, that helped contributed to that, but Seen was not up to speed mentally as well before he got hurt. So right. uh, Bynum would be, I guess, my pick in that situation. Okay, last one. Is there anyone that's overrated? And I'm going to say this, and I don't even know it because I've not studied the guy, but just coming in here with his track record, what we've heard about him, uh, you got to say Marcus Davenport because he was a former first-round pick who just kind of underperformed. Was it the Saints? The Saints I had? Saints, yeah. Yeah. So that's more low-hanging fruit for me. I just asked a question. Well, I, I, I don't care if it's uh... – I don't care if we're going to double up on him. We're going to double team it, Joe, with all of our all might. Right. You know, we're going to inspire him. You know, Kirk Cousins should be have no problem standing straight and trusting you and me holding this guy off. So, yeah, I would say, you know, and in saying that, he's still young enough that he can he can take this and 
as he's as he's raising his MVP defensive MVP trophy. There you go. You can say, I you know Vikings territory, take that. Uh, but yeah, he's clearly the, the, an underachiever because if he wasn't an underachiever, he'd be having a, a great second contract and he'd still be in New Orleans. So is he, uh, is he signed for just one year, or is he? Uh, they got the I think one year they're giving him like twelve million. It might be one of those two years. Sort of like Zadarius. Zadarius was like a three year, but it was all. I think it was all shrouded, and you knew it was only going to be one year. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe well, that's that's a prove it year for him, I guess. But twelve, you know, twelve. Oh, it's a, twelve million. A, you don't really have to prove anything. You're all right. Well, yeah, but I guess I, they live in a little different world. Like I, I would take twelve million, and I think I'd retire, and right, I would tip my cap and say, you know, thanks for the memories. And but these guys, they, they if you if you prove that you're good at twelve million, and you're an edge rusher, someone's going to be giving you twenty million. And then at his age, you know, much, much more than that. So well, Mark, uh, they, they do, they live in a slightly, they're not doing a podcast on Memorial no, Day morning. So no, they're not Mark a little different I, world. Mark and I can't retire yet, but we can retire for the day. And that'll do it for us this week on the Vikings territory breakdown podcast. Thanks Mark for your insight. Uh, Thanks, Stephanie Waldem behind the scenes, uh, pitch hitting for her husband that's who's out on Lake Minnetonka in a sailboat somewhere. So hopefully he could... slacker. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, thanks, Stephanie. Uh, thanks everybody for tuning in. We appreciate it each week. Uh, love to have you check us out. And thanks as always to our buddy Joe Johnson who got this all started. And uh, we're thinking of him this weekend on Memorial Day weekend memorial day actually we're taping this so joe here's to you thanks and we'll see y'all next week skull skull